Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage and practice self-care and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power and this allows us to impact, serve and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today is a really fun and different episode because I was interviewed on Suru's podcast, the Love Yourselves podcast. She was a great friend of mine and she brought me on because we wanted to discuss everything about collaboration, connection, and growth and how we started in a Facebook group uh, five, six years ago where we actually really just decided to embrace and step into personal growth and what that was going to look like. So we crossed paths in a Facebook group. We crossed paths at a live event in LA two years ago. And now she's in my space and I'm definitely in hers. So no other way to say that. So we did a two-part podcast where I was interviewed on her and she was a guest on my podcast, which will come out later this week. So it's really, really powerful because we want you to understand that a lot of people ask and they say how nice it is that you have so many incredible women in your group. Well, first off, yes, it is nice. And second, that doesn't happen by accident. It absolutely doesn't. It happens because you have to put yourself out there. You have to put yourself vulnerably out there to connect with and meet other women. And you have to be willing to receive new people in your life, really just being able to receive them, which is a really strange thing to go through. But it it seems strange when you put yourself out there, but it opens you up to so many incredible people. And as we went through this podcast, I realized that I would not have any of the women in my life right now had I not made those first steps years ago. So every time I am afraid of what vulnerability is going to look like, I stop and think, where would I be without any of these other women? This is where vulnerability starts. And this is where growth, connection, and collaboration start. So I know you'll enjoy this episode. If you already listened to it, take a listen again, because there's probably a few nuggets in there for you. And stay tuned for part two of our episode later this week. Okay, are you like ready to share our story? I am like, this is just going to be like a fun conversation where I'm sure some people are going to go, oh, those are those two clowns. What are they doing? Right? (laughs) Totally. And then I was thinking too, it's like my podcast where it started out as like talking about body things just ends up becoming a platform for my colleagues, friends and clients to just share what they need to share and I kind of like it. Yeah. Look at you and your sticky notes. Is that for today? These are all your questions. Um, I don't have questions prepped for you. Good. Okay, good. (laughs) I mean, my questions will probably be the same that you asked because we, yeah. 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 But I never use post-it notes, you know me. Like I do, but then they're just like all over my desk. Yeah. No, no, no. This is order and post-it notes. (laughs) So this. Even this is Av's lap desk. (laughs) 
because I was in bed writing them. But I was like, it was appropriate for Marsha's podcast to have post it in order. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm sure the order will change. We'll see. Um, the template. It's a guideline. A guideline. You will. <laughs> um, so welcome back to the show. I... <laughs> We're laughing already. <laughs> so excited to have <sighs> you back and talking about our story since mm-hmm. you are always the one to pull out the stories from others. I thought, let's flip the script, Marsha. And <laughs> you know I'm game. I'm like totally, you sure bring it. Whatever questions you got, I've got, I'm totally. I practice what I preach. You know I do. And if I can dish it out, I will take it. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm. And I say that now. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see where this goes. Um, so I have been in your Radical Responsibility Mastermind and now a part of the grad program. And I noticed that we chat about all the connections we've made over the years and how we've gotten to this point, like with both of us in our lives, we sort of started around the same pretty much or a similar space in terms of our lives. And so let's just go all the way back (laughs) and kind of, I don't know, celebrate that, relive that, think about where we started. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. But before we do, can you just introduce yourself to the audience in case my listeners have not listened to your episode 19 of the Love Yourselves podcast. This is Marsha Van Weinsberg back on the show. So excited to be here. So excited to be here. Um, first off, thanks for pronouncing my name right. That doesn't happen very often. Loved it. Um, second, yes, my name is Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a speaker, coach, and an author. And I have a six-time best-selling book, which I'm super proud of, um, called When She Stopped Asking Why. And I really help women with their stories and pull those stories apart so that they can actually find the lessons so that they can take ownership for their stories so they can stand on them. And that way they can impact others. And so radical responsibility is really what I had to do is stop blaming the world for everything that was going wrong in my own life and stop waiting for it to just magically change and take radical responsibility and full ownership for all of my own choices so that I could create the life that I have now. And that has been a process. It's been a process. It's not, sometimes people look at it or they join the journey at a certain point and they're like, well, you make it look easy. And I'm like, yeah, you're looking at year five, year six. It's been a process and I'm still always learning and committed to learning. So I couldn't be more grateful to have cross paths with somebody like you, Sue, and have you in the group right now. Cause I just, I love it. I'm super excited about everyone that's in that space. It's so such a good space. Like love that space. Love (laughs) that space. These women are like building a business. They're completely owning who they are. They're really stepping out like unapologetically saying, this is what I'm doing. And this is what I'm creating. But the collaboration piece and watching them work together, it's 
it's just beautiful to see, but I think it's really important to say that that like that was part of my whole journey, understanding and accepting collaboration and understanding how important and valuable it was. So I would, I will never build a program again, that is not in some way, shape or form all about collaboration. Mm-hmm. It just won't happen. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> We do not know where this is going to go, just so everyone knows. <laughs> uh, and inspiring each other, because mm-hmm. I know that a lot of those women in the group, as much as I had followed them in the past, just in social media land, it's like nice to just be a part of their journey as well. And when witnessing their growth and oh, it's huge, it's so crazy good. huge. It's just, it's, but that's the thing, right? Is that we can all invest in to a lot of things, personal development wise, but I would strongly encourage people to invest in something that challenges you to grow because I mean, we can all throw money out the window, but why? Like it doesn't make any sense. So there's lots of things that you can do for personal development that don't cost anything. There's lots of books, lots of podcasts, YouTube. I did all of those for, I don't know, a number of years before I ever invested in anything. And so when you do get to a space of investing, it should challenge you. Like it should challenge you to grow and show up differently. Maybe that's where we can start because mm-hmm. was the supercharged Facebook group, your first investment, or did you have anything before that? I had one thing before that. And the thing before that was with Kathy Savage, who I will forever, ever like, just be so grateful for her. She is very much, um, my kind of person and no BS and straightforward and straight shooter. And I remember two things about her. When we joined that program in 2015, um, I didn't know what I was going to do and I didn't want to build a fitness program, but there was something that told me to reach out to her. And so I joined as one of the only people not doing a fitness program, which is exactly where I met Jess Glazer, who I work with now. So it's such a love how the world works. Um, but with Kathy, I remember two things. She said, we can all do the exact same business, all of you. But if you don't find a way to bring yourself to the business, it's no business. Like it's, it doesn't matter that, which means basically there is no competition in any way, shape or form, because you have to learn how to bring yourself to the business. That was number one. And number two, when I was on a one-on-one call with her, she was like, okay, you have to start with a book. And I remember going, a book, are you out of your mind? There's no way I could share this. But there was deep down a part of me that was like, maybe the book is right. Like maybe it is right. And she became a mentor to help me to build some courage to learn how to share my story. So I started doing it in the group. And when I did it in her live event at the event, that was literally the first time I shared my story, like literally out loud. So it was 2015. And so that was the first thing I really invested in that helped me to grow. And then the supercharge was the first monthly recurring investment that I signed up for. And I'm going to, I think it was 2016. Mm-hmm. Does that sound about right? I think we both joined around the same time. I remember it was my birthday in December and I was like, I'm that was my first investment 
you know, yeah. I've read, read books, listened to podcasts or started listening to podcasts. And I remember being like, feeling guilty a little bit. Can I spend this money on myself? And what am I even spending money on? Like, <laughs> see, now that's a great comment there because it was not tangible to understand what we were getting. Like, we don't like, what does growth mean? What does that even mean? Right? Like, it's just, and that was American dollars. So I remember going, it was $97 a month, which sounds crazy now, but it was $97 a month. So it came out to like 130 something a month. And I remember going like, I don't know if I can do this, but I knew I had to, Mm. there was something about it. I had attended Peta Kelly's event, the new way live in May of that year before she launched the supercharge. Oh, it was before. It was before. Yeah, it was before. And cause she announced that it was coming at the event. I think oh. I have the year, right? I think oh. I have that. Um, she announced that it was coming and I was like, okay, I don't know what that is. I think like, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think so. I can't remember. And so I had gone to that event. I think mm-hmm. so because I don't remember knowing people before the group, but I mm-hmm. could be completely wrong. So I went to that event. That was a real, like, just jump on a plane two days before, book a ticket. Somebody gives me a ticket. And I was like, I knew I had to be there kind of feeling. So it seems flighty, but at that time, I just was following my gut. I just was following my gut, which is what I felt with the supercharge. I felt like it was a follow your gut. You got to do this. Yeah. Talk about that for a second. What do you physically feel in your body when you know you have to reach out to someone like Kathy Savage, when you know you have to commit to um, a Facebook group that's costing you money every month or jumping on a plane to Arizona, I think it was. By myself. By yourself. Jumping into bed with another... Yep. (laughs) No idea who she is, but hey, I'm here. But what... Do you have anything that like goes through your mind or your body that is like, okay, it's, it's a hell yeah? It's, it's really hard to explain. Um, I, but I do, I just get this feeling that comes through me that it's like, you have to say yes. Like you have to say yes. This is an absolute yes. And I think it's because I get a little bit, it's not afraid. It's like, I think there's something incredible on the other side of that. Like, I think there's something incredible that's coming. And I have always believed this that I believe my future self is guiding me. I really do. I really believe that she's out there going, okay, this is a yes. This is an absolute yes. You have to say that. And I heard something this morning and it was a David Goggins podcast who I love David Goggins. And he was just in the sense that like we can't continue to build our confidence and to grow when we keep saying yes to the same things. We just can't. You have to say yes to things that you don't know. You don't know what it looks like. You don't understand what it's going to be, but you have to trust yourself and say yes, because that's the only way you start to learn and understand your own intuition is you have to use it. <laughs> you have to, sorry, it's like a muscle. It's a muscle. Like a muscle. It's a muscle. hundred percent. You have to use it. And once you start to use it, it gets really clear when something else pops up and you're like, oh, that's a yes. That's a yes. Or am I saying yes? Because I just feel like everyone else is doing it. And that I think people get stuck in that cycle is I have to do that because everyone else is doing it. That's not the right reasons. I also really, really believe in following people who are doing what you want to do. Not because you want to be like them, not because of that, but it's the fact that they figured out something. They figured out some things. They, they're, they're steps ahead of you. You can learn from them. 
So if I respect the people who are running it and I have my own gauge for respect, whatever that is, but I respect them, I believe in them, I know what they're offering and my gut is saying yes, then I say yes for me, not because of who else is going to be there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. When you're saying yes to something just because other people or, or other influence or whatever, I feel that way too. In, even in my life, not just business, but in life, I get bored. Like when oh, I'm yeah. saying yes to something, I'm like, oh, all right. But then, <laughs> but that, that feeling in my body when I'm saying yes, and it's from my intuition, or I know, like you said, there's something more exciting on the other side. Like I kind of feel this like ripple in my body, like that nervous, oh, nervous sensation, but like excited. Yeah. Excited. yeah. Um, so that's and you just know, right? Like you just know, then it's like, it's a, yes, I don't have a clue how it's going to work out. And there are times where I make decisions that I'm like, man, that was bold ass decision you just made, but it's like, but there's a reason that you said, yes, there was a reason that you said yes, because sometimes I like to think of it. Like, what if there's like one more thing that I can learn? that can change how I do things? Or what if I'm on this path and it's like five degrees off that I just need to make a small shift and that makes a difference in the business. To catapult you to that next Absolutely. level. And that's yeah. how I view the supercharge back in 2016. Um, yeah. I have met the majority of my women's circle starting from there. So I look back and I think, what wow. if I didn't? Mm -hmm. What if I didn't know them? What Ugh. if I hadn't met them? Even you and I, because I remember being like, oh, she's only in Waterloo and we're so close, but we, you know, only until like the last year and a half did we? Well, really 2018, know? we were both at the Bliss Project. That was two years ago. And yeah. you you came across me in the hallway and I was like, um, I know I know her. Oh, Why do were, I know her? You were because like, you see people on a screen. <laughs> you were all up on Lewis house. And I was like, Marsha. <laughs> and you were like, no, I need to talk to him. And I was like, fair enough. <laughs> so it, there's another example, right? I knew in my gut, I'm like, I need to, they're going to have people meet him and I'm going to be in line. And not because he's Lewis house, but because how he spoke, spoke to me in a way, he spoke to me in a way that I can't even, I, I don't think I could ever put into words what it meant. And he shared my perception of what he shared that weekend was that, you know, it's wonderful. We have all these incredible things for women, inspiring women to do all of these things, connect together, collaborate, but we're leaving boys behind. Yeah. We are leaving these boys behind. And he said, so can I just ask that as women, could we please inspire our boys? Can you go out to, and I went, oh my God, I love what he said. So when I spoke to him and I shared my story of what I have dealt with, with my kids, he was like, please, please keep going. Like we need moms out here talking about the hard things. We need them out here inspiring men. So sorry to go off on the tangent, but that was an instinct thing where I was like, Lewis Howes, done, done. I want to talk to him. Yeah. He was so incredible on that stage. Probably my favorite speaker of that weekend, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's a women's event. <laughs> 
I know, I know. And I give him credit for getting up there and speaking in this room full of 500 women. And he did it in such a beautiful, humble way that I think that was the other thing. He's not this, hey, look at me person. He's just the super down to earth person who came from nothing to build his business and build his life. I'm sorry, I love those stories. Like I love those stories. And a lot of times we look at the people who have built the things that we want to do and I'm just going to, I'm just going to say this, they have gone through the biggest shit storms ever. And what most of us would never want to go through. So we're looking at these people's lives and think, I want to have that. I want to be able to build that. But most of us don't have the gumption, guts, whatever to withstand going through what they went through. People who built really beautiful things have gone through incredible stories, which is why I'm always so passionate about stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just just to finish up on Lewis Howes, he started his empire and whatever, all of the things he's doing now because of his book, right? Yes. Right. Yes. So similar to you. Um, and you're going through some shit right now. <laughs> oh, you are going to go there. <laughs> you are. But... Yeah. I think it's important that you share just a little bit. You don't have to go into it, but um, we going back to what we perceive online and things, you know, always having it all together. And it's like, "Mm, nope, there's always a shit storm happening in the background. And (laughs) yes, there is. Thank you for saying that. You know, I share anything, but yes, I, yes, I am. And as a friend said to me yesterday, it just never seems to stop for you. And I'm like, Yeah. I'm trying not to live in that space because it's just not healthy space to live in, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean I don't go there. Right. You toe dip into the shit storm and you have the pity parties and then you're like, okay, dust it off. Let's just, that's not going to fix anything. So we're human. We're absolutely human. I think just between, um, I mean, who hasn't had a change of things in 2020? Like literally who hasn't? (laughs) Um, I think for me, it's a couple things. It's hard to explain in the sense that I have been a registered kinesiologist for 27 years. There's a post coming about this like literally today because it's September 1st. And I decided to let go of my identity. I had the option to go inactive, which means I could still keep, for those of you who don't understand or follow, I'm part of a regulated body. So I could choose to go inactive or I could choose to walk away. And I did the application for inactive. I went through the whole process and then I just wasn't feeling it. I was like, I don't want to do it. I don't know what that means. I see again, like I walked away without a set plan. I have my coaching business and I have everything, but it's letting go of a 27 year old identity and that identity. I'm going to say, I have loved what I have done and the people I've met and I'm so grateful for them, but it was entirely about serving everyone else and me last. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say it, I'm going to go there and I'm going to say it. I have served everyone first and I would get to myself later in the day because I worked the 6am 27 years, five days a week, fought like hell to try and get time for myself, didn't get it. And was always about serving everyone else. So that's been a real growth because the time of COVID has been a time of what does Marsha need first and getting to myself first and then fitting everything else around that. I used to hear people talk about it and I'm like, what's so nice for them. 
it's so nice for them that that works out. And realizing that all of a sudden COVID, COVID was maybe the gift that I had to make that change. So that's the first thing. And second thing, um, I am very potentially prepping for probably one of my biggest surgeries that I've ever had. Um, and I've had 10. So let's just say the 10 abdominal surgeries. And because of COVID, things have been delayed. And I am one of those cases that really needed to be looked at like six months ago, nine months ago, and it didn't happen. And so it's because of the delay, it has changed a lot of things. And it has also a case where surgeries still aren't being done. So this could be still another six, 12 months, who knows? I doubt it before things are being taken care of. So for the first time, I really actually do have to spend time taking care of me because I'm going to have a, it's going to be an uphill challenge to come back from this one. And I will, as I'm going to share, I get a little emotional when my husband said to me, he goes, I cannot wait to see how you come through this one because you will, I know that you will, and you're going to come through stronger in a lot of ways. So yes, it's hopefully that's a good share and that makes sense, but it's just, it's really working through what self-care do I need? Because this is going to be a big challenge. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. And thank you for sharing. And I'm so proud of you for giving up what you worked so hard to achieve, right? Like, and I'm the same way with, with my license. Like I can't, I can't part with it yet. Like the actual license. Um, So I know what you, like how you feel um, with what that means in massive change in identity massive. Like, it's not like peeling an onion layer back. It's like, like going to the core, it's gone. The rest of it's gone. And it's such a real change. And as I went through this process, I was told you're one of the grandfathers of this program. And I am, you can't walk away. You have an obligation to, you have an obligation to the profession. And it was interesting because the word obligation became a trigger for me. And I'm like, no, I don't. I have an obligation to myself. And that was the, it became a trigger just like that. And it was funny because I don't think that's how they anticipated the message landing for me. For me, it was like, now I'm done. Now I'm done. I'm not obligated. I'm obligated to myself. That was a real light bulb moment for me. What I am proud of you for is taking your mornings now for yourself. I know how much work you do in the mornings on your body um, because you have to, to feel. I don't have a choice anymore. I really don't have a choice. It's actually, it's, it's the only way. And some of the mobility work that I do, it might take me an hour. It might take me an hour, three times a day. Like I'm, I'm doing like three hours, four hours of work on myself a day. That's not including appointments, specialist appointments, things that I'm doing. Right. And I'm doing that to be able to move. Right. And so I'm not going to give up and I'm not going to go down lightly. This is not going to happen. <laughs> That's but not the Marsha way. It's not the Marsha way. It's not. But the interesting thing is I do have to say the Marsha way is like, let's fight this out to the bitter end. That's not what Marsha's doing now. Marsha is like saying, no, I, this is a priority, but I trust that this process is going to go the way that um, I needed to go. I, tr- I have a lot of trust 
in, in this process. And it's funny because I watch people who are trying to make an, and there's no, there's zero judgment here, but people trying to make a decision, then they're completely freaking out about the decision. And I'm like, you haven't built any trust in yourself yet because that's not big. Like you think that's big. It's really, but it is to them, mm-hmm. but it's like, you have to really go through the process of making decisions, trusting the process, learning from it, do it again, make the decisions. Like you have to move to learn, to trust yourself. You can seriously write every single possibility up on a whiteboard and look at it. But until you actually take a step, it means nothing. It actually means nothing. So you've got to be willing to allow yourself to make mistakes, to learn, to understand what your intuition is saying. Because when you can get to that space, you'll realize how powerful your intuition is. It's so, so crazy powerful. (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) Write that down. You have to move to learn. That might be your title. Um, Oh, so you guys can't see this. Who's got sticky notes everywhere. And this is something we do in the grad program. I just, here, I'm just going to kill up dead time right now so that people have a clue what's going on. And I um, have the power to edit all of this out. I know she does. And she, uh, does. she won't though. And we did, uh, we do a lot of post-its and post-it parties and post-it. And it's a way to map out. I learned that from my mentor, Jess Glazer, but I take it into a party format where I'm doing like calls and I'm going to actually open it up for other people because it's a really great way to brain dump what's going on to get started, right? We have to dump the stuff that's in our brain in order to figure out what do we do next. So anyways, that's, that was the joke. Yeah, no. And I love the, I love the term brain dump as opposed to journaling because I'm with you. I am so with you. Is has its purpose, but brain dump is like business, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you've already mentioned Kathy Savage and Jess Glazer, but can you name three other women that you have met along the way since you began the personal development journey for yourself that has inspired you or changed you that you wouldn't have, that you don't think you would have met otherwise? Wow. Um So Lori Harder is one. I've always loved listening to her podcast and her message. When she released her book, A Tribe Called List, that was a moment where it was like, we we got to see more of Lori. Like we got to see and hear and learn more of her. And again, then you're like, oh my God, she's definitely human. Like she is. And you start to realize how human she was. So I have always related to her work and what she is doing in the world and creating for women. And she's, again, always been about collaboration, always been about collaboration. Um, wow. I have, I can say that my good friend, Tina Gray is actually a mentor and friend. She's more than a friend. Um, she was put in my path for a reason and we've learned a lot from each other. And when I saw her post on Facebook, I think it, again, same thing. It's like six, seven years ago. I'm like, how have I only known you for seven years? That's impossible. (laughs) But I saw her post and I could read between the lines. And I was like, sent her a private message and said, are you someone who's struggling with, like, are you struggling with teen substance abuse in some way? And she's like, how did you know? And I'm like, because I read between the lines. And so we became each other's confidant, but then it really shifted even more. So she is what I would call one of my go-to people 
where I would be a case of, you know, I need to shift this and I don't know how. So I'm open to learning what to do with what I'm stuck with. And she challenges me in ways that is really good. I need it. Like I'm open and, and ready for a challenge there. So that I'm super, I I don't even imagine where my life would be without her. I really don't. Um, Oh my gosh. So these are mentors slash people that maybe you wouldn't think necessarily. I'm going to say Heather Fell because Heather is, was one of my students and I knew from the beginning there was something different about her. Um, and never in my wildest dreams did I picture it would be where it is today, where she's just one of my people that I reach out to. And I can say that I would not have a business if it wasn't for her. I can honestly say that because it wasn't, you know, it was so three and a half years ago when I was like, Hey, maybe I should try and do an event. I launched my book. I just want to bring women together. Of course, not having a clue how much work it was going to be. And then I proceeded to do four of them. And she was somebody who it just started to form and I'm watching and it's like, well, maybe I do have a business. Maybe there is something here and she could see that. So she really helped to bring that to life. Um, wow. I don't want to leave anyone out. Cause that just, I feel that's not fair because there's so many women who have impacted my life in ways. And so if I didn't say your name, it's not because I don't love you. I promise. Um, no, but there's there, so many, there's so many, there's so <laughs> many, it's not even funny. I mean, I, I I was going to ask you to make a list of all the women that you have met, whether they've, you know, I can still and add it. Cause it's crazy. When I think of like, when I, when I really think of the women that I work with now in the grad program who are coming through radical responsibility mastermind, my good, good friends, I promise you, none of them would be here if I hadn't shared my story. Not one, not one. They're all here because I decided to A, speak up and share my story and B, was willing to receive the women that were in my life, like really willing to receive that they were there. None of them would be here. And I don't even fathom what that's like to not have any of them here. So whenever I feel scared about sharing something, I think, okay, but look who's in my life now because I was vulnerable. Like what, what if... Like I would say that the people you can impact the most are people you've never met yet. You're looking around at your family and friends and going, nobody likes my stuff. <laughs> Just they're your family and friends. Like you need to reach out and connect with other people. Mm-hmm. So that's where it really can become something. Um, I have to say, I do have to add to that because it's just a funny story, but like Sarah Swain and I connected through the great Canadian women love, love, love Sarah and what she's done. And I spoke at her conference last year and was paired with roommates with Samantha Chris. And I'm not lying. She knows the story. When I saw I was paired with Samantha, I'm like, Oh great. Like I'm the lowest speaker in the totem pole. That was the first thing that came to my mind, just being real. (laughs) And I'm going, and here's Samantha leading the way. Like, Oh my God, what am I going to have to talk about? And sure enough, um, she's just one of my dearest friends now. Like we chatted all night long and we don't go a week without voice notes, voice messages to each other. She wrote the forward for my upcoming collaborative book. And I think like she wouldn't be here if I hadn't done that. So there's just such an enormous list of women that wouldn't even exist if I didn't decide that I wanted something more for my life. 
right? It's deciding you want something more. It's not because your friends are nice. It's not because they're not good people. It's that it's okay to want something more. I love that quote. It's okay to be grateful and want something more. Like that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not, you're not bad or selfish for wanting more. If you feel called and that you want more, there's a reason there's because you can actually do something with your more, you can make a bigger impact with your more. So there's nothing wrong with it. I have this posted on my laptop and it's, uh, it says step into the energy of possibility. And that's what I think about when you messaging Tina, just like because of a random post, random. me messaging yeah. Steph Gold out of a random, like a random face message, Facebook message has created this magical web of humans and support and just this life that wouldn't exist. No. My community wouldn't wouldn't be what it is if I hadn't stayed open or reached out or followed that intuition to just like message a random stranger. Like, yeah, it's a, it's such a, and I think that when you build that inner circle, the way that you build it, it's there to help you in your next stage. So as I have moments where I'm like going back a second, as I have moments where I'm like, what is this going to look like? Like, how am I going to recover? How is it going to there? The other part of my voice goes, never mind. You've got an incredible group of people that you can call on and ask for help. You didn't have that years ago. So you are, you're in the right space. You are in the right. So it's okay. It might look like it's easy, but I want you to know, I literally have two voices going on a regular basis. I could drop into like, what the hell's going to happen? Or I can then easily have the other voice go, no, you got this. It's all, it's all perspective and it's mindset work. And it's just a constant, constant, constant back and forth. It really is. Do you think that's your soul and your ego? Yep. hundred percent. Oh my God. A hundred percent. I think I'm so glad you said that. Um, yeah, I do. I think that like for me to let go of my kinesiology license yeah. was it's ego. I'm going to just, just going to call it out. It's ego. It's what I know. It's what I was good at. It's where I was impactful. It's ego. And, but when you can learn to let go of that in a trust, we always have our ego. It doesn't go away. So don't, you're not wrong by having an ego is that when you learn to put it in perspective though, and go, okay, thank you for being here. I'm good. I've got this. Like you just have to just put it back in perspective that don't let the ego drive the wheel. Honestly, don't let it drive the wheel. It's there. It's like in the car, but it doesn't drive the wheel. (laughs) That's how I like to look at it. Mm. Thank you. I love that. Um, What advice would you give to someone who was like us six years ago, Sue and Marsha circa 2015, who felt scared, lost, or just like beginning the journey of wanting more, trying to branch out and see what their, their life is, is meant for? Wow. I, I, what a great question. It's such a great question. What advice would I give? Um, I'm pretty direct. I tend to look at it and go, I know it's hard. Like, I know it's hard to step out and meet people you don't know. I know it's hard to fear, have the fear of rejection, have the fear of judgment. I know it's hard. 
but staying small is equally hard. Staying stuck in a space that does not light you up, does not bring you energy, does not bring you joy is hard. Staying there and not using your gifts is hard. Staying in that space and not impacting the people that only you are meant to do and have an impact with is hard. The beautiful thing in life is you get to choose your heart. You always get to choose your heart. Whether you like it or not, you get to choose. And so if you choose to stay small because, and small, it's not disrespectful. It's just if you choose to stay in that space of no growth, then that's a choice. Don't blame that on anyone else. Like own that choice. And it's okay if you choose to stay there. That's more than okay. But if you have an inkling where you feel called to do something else, and even if you don't know what that is, who that's with, what impact, you don't have that figured out because you're not ever going to have it figured out. If you don't have that, um, if you feel called and you have that real inkling that I think I'm supposed to do something else, not following that is a disservice to the people that you are meant to impact in this world. It's a disservice. It's a disservice. And I lovingly say, shame on you. Seriously. Maybe that will help you. (laughs) Maybe not. Maybe they're like, oh my God, she is just obnoxious and annoying. No, No. you are truthful. You are to the point. And um, I think that's what makes you an outstanding coach and someone that I really admire and look up to. But you had said something just right there where you said you can stay stuck or you can stay doing nothing, Mm -hmm. which I think was me back then because when we stay in this, I'm not going to do anything. It may, it leaves room for us to blame other things or to, you know, Oh, I feel like shit because this isn't going my way or I'm so tired or da da da. But when we're, actively working on growing something, producing something, creating something. There is no room for blame anymore. It's just go, go. It's like the the train has started and there's just no end in sight. I love it. I love what you just said there. And I think that you've, you've really hit it on the head is once you've started that, like see blame and ownership. I love one of my favorite podcasts I did was blame and ownership. They don't live in the same place. They actually physically can't live in the same place. So if you are in a space of blaming a lot of your circumstances for where life is at, and Hey, don't get me wrong. I love, I owned that space. I lived in that space. I blamed everyone for where my life was at everyone. So I honestly can say, I know what it's like to be there. So, but when you live in this space of blame, you're not taking ownership. So there's no change that will happen until you start to take ownership. It just can't physically happen. So when I, as soon as I fall into blame, I'm like, Ooh, crap, what am I doing here? Like, this is not, I don't live here anymore. This is the foreign, I don't like to be here. Mm -hmm. So that's the, that's a really important distinction piece. I think is super important. Once you start to get into action, it's easier to, to not even focus on blame anymore And you, here's the thing. If you want something different, you have to do something different. If you want something different in your life, you have to do something different. For three years, I listened to the podcast. I was listening to YouTube and I was reading books. I don't think I was actually embodying or like really taking those lessons on until you get uncomfortable and to step into something new. I I just think 
here's the thing. I think we can pour all the positive on top of a big pile of crap, but if you haven't like sifted through the crap, then it just doesn't matter. It washes off. It doesn't stay with you. Mm-hmm. To make those real changes, you have to get in the rooms with the people who are going to make you uncomfortable, who are going to help you to grow, who are really just trying to bring the best out in you. There's a reason for that space. So I think you have to step into something new in order to create something new. Love it. Yes, I 100% agree. Um, and that brings me to my next question was with the Radical Responsibility Mastermind and how you began that. Because I know for you, watching that video two years ago, you had said it. And so back then, was it just like, this is my idea, this is my idea. And then it's taken, what, a year and a half to create it. And now you're on, what, round three? And you have a grad four. And you have a grad program that just like came out of it. Yeah. You you have to be open, right? You have to be open. But it's like you called yourself out on it, like Uh publicly in that video, which we weren't even like close friends then. And I commented on it, which is like hilarious to look back off because I remember watching you in my old house being like, yes, Marcia, like (laughs) me being the cheerleader. But, But then watching you do it is, is just such a great example. And it's, I just love you. So, um, do you think it would be where it is now if you hadn't called yourself out on it two years ago? No, no, (laughs) not at all. I think it's known at all. And what she's referring to is I did a video, I don't know, three years ago now, three years ago. Yeah. At least three years ago. And I sat on the video as a Facebook live video. Now, the one thing I do with all of the grads and the people in my programs, I share all the crappy stuff I did first. I share like, like what didn't work. And I share, look at, this is me trying to do a video. Like I am not, some people will go and hide and delete that old stuff. I'm like, Oh no, keep that out there. Cause you got to get started when it's messy. You have to get started when it's messy. It's so messy. Who am I kidding? <laughs> um, it's so, but I, I called out like three years ago, I couldn't wait to start a program for women called the radical responsibility mastermind. Like where the hell did that come from? I think that was my soul honestly going, okay, are you listening? Okay. You're listening. Cause this is what I want you to do. And then I didn't have the intention. Remember I started with a book. I didn't start with a business in right. mind. And I just started to listen to the nudges. And I bet you, I went about four to six months of women saying, um, but how did you share the story? Like, how did you learn how to share the story? How did you learn how to build a a program to help other people? And I'm like, we just do this. You just do this. And all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute. Okay. Universe. I got it. I I, I understand what you're saying. Thank you for sending like the 10th person to me. And I finally get it is that there were women asking how I did it. And I went, maybe that's a business. And the thing is, is all business is, is solving a problem. That's literally all businesses. It's so we complicate it. Yes, we can learn how to do it, but it's solving a problem. So I had these women who were like, I really want to learn how to do something with my difficult story. I want to learn how, and that became the thing about stories was all about stories. So I, I started it last year in combination with my collaborative book that is coming out very shortly. And the collaborative book is really, it's just really funny too, because that was my idea four years ago. I wanted to create a space for women to be able to share difficult stories, kind of like the chicken soup for the soul, but for stories 
that were the kind of stories where people go like, Oh my God, I can't believe you're talking about that. Like, I just can't believe you're talking about that. And those are the stories I wanted to create. Like, that's what I wanted to share. And so last year in 2019, I launched it and we have women who have, who joined it and the book is coming out very shortly. So it's a case of like, just listening to the polls that were there I didn't do that because that's what everyone else was doing. I did it because that was my original idea four years ago was to share that and do that. So yeah, I, I have no problem calling myself out on stuff that I'm doing or not doing because I like to be real and I want to help my clients learn that. Yeah, no, I learned hard ways. Absolutely. And I make massive mistakes. Sure do. Like it's just not going to hide it. So yeah, that's the... That's the funny thing about it. But yes, radical responsibility was part of my verbiage three years ago. And I think it's important too to look at it and see that these businesses or or these groups we want to create or these books we want to write with other women, like that seems like a huge task to take on. So you can be sitting in that like, oh, that's big. That's a lot of work. Like that's how how am I even going to do that? But then... You just got to yeah. take one step and another step and ask for support and, and gather, gather your clan to help you get there. And, um, but it, it doesn't happen unless you start. And that's. No. And it's, I mean, from the point of launching the book last summer to now, it's been messy as hell. Like it's yeah. like, honestly, it's been messy. There's been, there's been so many spots during where I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like, please help me. I can't do this anymore. And then COVID comes right when we were going to launch. And it's like, okay, then everything, like the world goes in the back burner, not just my book, the world. And it just became a case of, I just going to have to trust that this is going to come out at the time when it's meant to do. But these, these projects, like when you start to get ideas that pull on you like this, like they're huge, they're huge undertakings. I have had a pull for the last three months to write my second book, which is completely asinine. (laughs) I remember, oh, I know. I remember my first book and finishing it and going, I will never do this again because the editing process, if you've written a book, like the editing process is, it's unreal what it is. Can I also just add, this is a tangent, but it's important. You have to grow into the person who can handle your ideas coming to life. You have to grow into the person who can manage the judgment, the criticism, the words of others. You can't, you can have the idea, but it takes time to grow into the person. And my book was probably, my solo book was probably at least six to nine months later than what I wanted it to be. And I remember like when, if you have ever edited a book, it's just nonstop. It's nonstop. And when I published it, I had somebody bring me the book with the sticky notes in it so that I could see where all my mistakes were. And I remember looking at this person, this is in person. This was not like online. Here's a copy of your book. I want you to fix the mistakes that you had in it. And I've highlighted them all for you. And they're on sticky notes. And six months to a year before that, that would have crushed me. Like that would have absolutely crushed me. And instead I remember looking, going, and my response was, is that what you took away from my book was where my spelling mistakes were? Because anybody who hasn't read my book, it's like a massive vulnerability 
book. Like it's all I do. And she's like, well, no, no, no. I just thought you think it's important to you. And I'm like, it's not. <laughs> that was my answer. It's not. And she was like, so you're okay with these mistakes out in the world? I'm like, totally. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, so you have to grow into the person who can bring your things to life. And I think that that also requires a ton of grace and compassion because it will never be on your timeline. It won't be on your timeline. None of it will be, but it will be on the perfect timeline. It'll be on the timeline that you can handle it, that you're ready, that you're, it's just, you just have to trust that process. So I hope that that landed that message. Mm. And like mistakes. Like, could, you imagine, could you imagine taking somebody's book <laughs> to someone and she was like, but I need like, this is important. I'm like, it's important to you. Right. Like it's not important to me. It's important to you. And I promise you, like, honestly, six months to a year before that, that would have made me go to my room and hide. So embarrassed that I had spelling mistakes. Actually, now I look at it, I'm like, thank God there's spelling mistakes in there. Because it shows you that you can publish a damn book with spelling mistakes. Who the hell cares? I want to share that. Sorry, I just want to share that part that you have to grow into the person who can bring it to life. And she's going to have to go through another couple of shit storms in order to become that person who can bring it to life. Oh, absolutely. And, and, And that's another thing too, the perspective of your followers. I get it sometimes too, where it's like, oh, you know, we have all of this going for ourselves or we're doing all these things. And I'm like, I'm, I'm at this point because I was scared. I went through that. I fell on my face. I got through that. I said yes to things that didn't make any sense, <laughs> but now they do. And so, you know, it's again, moving the needle forward. I asked for help, right? You've asked for help. We've like, I think that's an important thing as women, like stop doing this by yourself. Like there's no freaking metal. Like, I don't know what the issue is. I did it, but now it's like, yeah, this isn't working. Who can I ask for help with? Yeah. Like I, I really broke down last week in the final editing stage. And I'm like, I'm going to lose my mind if I do this. And I reached out to one of the girls and I'm like, I know. And she has so much going on right now. And I'm like, could you please help me? And she's like, done. Sure. Let's do it. And it was like an eight hour stretch of work. And I mean, she had an incredibly stressful weekend ahead with her, but she was able to see us. Now, had she said no, I would have been okay. I would have asked someone else. Yeah. You would have, you would have gone down your list. (laughs) I don't like, don't get tied to, if somebody says no to you, that's okay. Because they have stuff going on in their life. Just don't get tied to that stuff because, but just turn around and ask for help again. It's all okay. We have to be willing to ask for help. We're not supposed to do it by ourselves. We're actually not. When somebody said to me this past well, they said to me in the summer, because they're dealing with young kids at home, trying to homeschool them, trying to daycare them and trying to do her full-time job. She's like, I just don't know how to make it work. I'm like, you're not supposed to, like, you're actually not supposed to, there's no book or this is actually doable. It's not doable. You need to start asking for help. Like you have to start asking for help. And I think that's the thing is we have this misconception that we're supposed to be able to do it ourselves. And that's just ridiculous. And I always find when I ask for help, the person who says yes is really wanting to help and be a part of yeah. the yeah. the process. So yeah, 100%. Again, another fear to bust through. I have like I a couple, juicy come in. <laughs> I, yeah, I have a couple things that just came up to me now. It's not on a post-it, but you're talking about eight hours of work, you know, a whole weekend of editing and all this stuff. 
or weeks of editing. And humans equate work with a paycheck or an hourly rate. And this is what I think is interesting. And what I think both of us have in common is the amount of work we do and we don't get an hourly rate, but we, you know, put out what we put out and all the behind the scenes work. Like, do you have anything to share about what keeps you going in that sense? Because there's a lot of times where you can just be like, F it. I'm going to just take my Sunday because I'm not getting paid anyways. Let's just like sit on the couch and watch Netflix. But you know? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good question. I think I, well, I know I have been an entrepreneur my entire life. Like I literally have built my client base. My, my job has been all what I do. So no one's paid me for anything. So I have a very different perception, even from the standpoint of, you know, COVID happens and my job is gone. My income is gone. And that was March 17th and March 18th. I remember sitting here going, all right, Marsha, this is what you wanted. You wanted some space to figure this shit out. You're going to like, you're going to dive in and have no regrets. That was my, like literally the next day I dove in and went, no, we're doing this. So it's really hard. I'm not going to lie. It's really hard. There are times where it's like you are working till nine, 10 o'clock at night. You are working Saturdays and Sundays and long hours for a lot of behind the scenes work that no one sees. No one sees it at all. It looks like the entrepreneurial life. I hate that whole lap, laptop lifestyle where they they look at, you know, this is the entrepreneurial life. You can do whatever you want. It's easy. No, it's not. It's not easy. Um, it's a choice and it's something that if you feel called to do it, but you have to see a bigger purpose and reason. And there has to be something that I feel is pulling you forward. And for example, this was this last week has been incredibly late nights and a lot of editing, but I know what it's like for these women who want to share their stories for the first time. I've shared mine in multiple books. I've shared it in my own book. I know what it's like to them. They're published authors. They're going to be published authors. They're so excited. And I feel that I brought that vision and dangled that vision to them. It's my job to see it come to life. And for anybody who hasn't written a book, like you don't write a book to make money. Just so you know, there's no, that is not the case anymore whatsoever with Amazon that's a double-edged sword is Amazon makes it so much easier for us to bring a book to life and do really well, like to really get that exposure, but it's not because of making money, but it's a bigger vision. I know what it's like for these women to want to share a story. I know what transformation can happen with women who come through one of my 12 week programs. I get to watch the change week to week So I know what it's like. So if I don't show up for them when they're so scared and they don't know what to do next, then I'm not being the leader that I promised them I would be. And that's on me. So I feel that I personally, I don't take that as a badge of honor or something like weight or heavy. I just look at it that I stepped up to say yes to impacting other women and helping them with some really difficult things. I can't just walk away when it's hard. I can't just walk away when it's not convenient. Now that doesn't mean, don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean that I won't take a Tuesday 
and maybe not start work until three and take some time for myself. I'm learning to do that now. Or on Sunday, I took a two hour nap, which never happens, but my brain was done. It was done. And I just went, you know what? The best thing you can do right now for yourself is take a nap. And the old me wouldn't have done that. And I went, I'll just see what happens. Lay down. I woke up and I'm like, oh, I guess I need that. So we have to, it's an ebb and flow, but yes, you don't, I, you don't jump into this field to make an impact looking for the paycheck. You don't, the paycheck happens. I believe it happens when you make the impact in the big picture, never on your timeline, but it can happen in the most beautiful ways that you never expected, but you don't do it for the paycheck. You do it because you know, you're called to create an impact. That's what I, that's my own personal beliefs. How many dreams and businesses and creative projects go to the grave because people are scared to leave their paycheck job? Oh, so many, so, so many. Um, And you know what? I think that people hold on to that paycheck job because it's like quote unquote um, security, which it isn't. I think everybody has to realize it's just, I think if there's anything people have learned from COVID, there's no security right now. There really isn't. Um, so I think that holding, holding, I guess we have families. Yes, we have expenses. I understand all of that. I, I get all of it, but holding on to something that does not serve you to get a paycheck that you resent at the end of the week to be surrounded about things that, that don't make you feel good. Don't let you up. Don't use your gifts. Um, it won't take long before it crushes you. Like it's just not, it's not a space to be in. And, and not everybody's meant to be an entrepreneur. Like I know that not everybody is, that's completely fine. But we go back to something we said earlier. If you feel called, if you know, you have a message that can help others. If you know, you have a message that was, that is a solution that you were praying for years ago. Now we're back to, you know what you need to do. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If it's, if, if you, I mean, I, I tell all of the women in my group that you have a solution that someone else is praying for. They're searching frantically on Google for the solution that you have and you're holding on to. There comes a point in our life where the lessons that we learned are no longer for us. They're actually not for us. It's actually not about us anymore. And that's what keeps me going is I know, like for me to hold on to the lessons that I've learned, I, it's just, it, they, I feel like they're dying to do that. That's just not purposeful at all. They're meant to be shared with others. And I know that because I've seen the transformation that happens with some of these women. So that's why. Yeah. Oh yeah. Kelly. Oh my God. Like if it, Kelly, Kelly and I have known each other for two years, which is, I I don't even understand how to say that because she heard me on a Facebook live two years ago, reached out and connected. So we, when I, women will come to me and they're like, I don't want to spend all this time talking about my story. I'm like, cool. You don't have to like, it's (laughs) actually, you don't have to, you need to learn how to get on top of it, but you don't have to share the story over and over the lessons that you learned, the emotions that you felt, the transformation that you went through. Yes. You have to share that because those are the things. So she heard me share my lowest point and she said she could feel herself in the exact same spot and knew that I knew what it felt like to be there 
that's why she reached out. We connected, went to a couple, she came to a couple of my speaking events that I did that year. And then it was messages. Then she started, she was my first one-on-one coaching client only two years ago. And I worked really closely on so many facets of her life and what she has come through and continues to come through. Again, you wouldn't even recognize her now. You no. just wouldn't even recognize. She's, she's not even the same. She's not the, the same person. And, um, it's just a beautiful thing because I feel like that has given her, this is what happens is it's fuel for me. It's given her, her life, the opportunity to show up and impact so many others, the opportunity to be like the mom that she's meant to be. Like, it's just, you just get to see that and you see people like really step into their gifts and their power. And it's like, yeah, you have to keep going. You just have to, it's just, it's just beautiful. And transformation for everyone looks different and it could take a couple of months. It could take years. It could just be an ongoing process. Yes. Um, so for you, what is, what would you say is your big vision right now? Mm. Wow. My big vision. Um, my big vision is to see my program grow in a way that, you know, there's, I'm running it three to four times a year. There's 20 plus women in the group. I say women, there's men, there's who knows where that's going to go. I don't know. I think that there's, there's many, cause I just did a podcast not that long ago with um, a man who has incredible story. So I do think it can go a number of different ways, but I see it being something that is, you know, there's 20 and 30 women going through it and the grad program going and then seeing these women step into creating their businesses, me doing another solo book as well as doing one, two collaborative books a year that help women to get started in sharing their story. Because there's one thing to step online and share your story. It's another to put in a book. It's just another, it's because that book lives forever. You mm-hmm. can take video down offline, but in a book, it's like, it's there, it's out there. So I would love to see that. I would love to see the platform grow. I would love to see the podcast to continue to grow and bring in incredible people and stories. And just to step into, into that's what I know, but also to step into the possibilities of what I don't know. I have a feeling, right? I just joined a really a big mastermind for me, but I just joined um, another mastermind because I also think that when you surround yourself with people who are doing incredible things, they will have ideas that I don't even have yet. Because why would I have the ideas? Because I know what I know. I don't know anything that I don't know. Like it's right. So it's, I don't know it yet. So there might be some unbelievable ideas that I'm like, damn, I never thought of that. So I'm going in very open-minded knowing that I, I mean, I have every intention of creating something that's not small. I do. I have every intention of really in making a big impact and helping women with their stories in whatever way, shape the universe and my soul has figured out that I don't know yet. I love it. Yeah. So that answers your question. And you know what? Like being able to connect and meet so many incredible women in the process. Like, so, like bring them on. I just love it. I love it. I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome. And I think it's like, it's literally what PETA had said. It's the new way. Um, yeah. And 
especially this year when, you know, the jobs that we had could just be taken away in an instant. It's, and, and I think the thing with the jobs is that if that's our identity, then we're doing it wrong. Like it's not, I don't care what your job is. It can't be your identity because when that goes, like you don't know who you are. And I'm, I I know I, like I did lose my job. I did, I, I did go through some major changes. And then at the same time, knowing that like, I don't know what this is going to bring, but I'm shedding a whole identity that now I'm realizing that my job wasn't my identity. It was part of who I did, who I was, but it's part of what I did. It wasn't my identity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is where I think the rise in mental health concerns are coming up and the depression, anxiety, and that whole aspect of how people are feeling within their bodies right now, because it's that uneasy, unsure, not knowing, and you've been there, I've been there as a collective, like the old paradigm doesn't work anymore. And so as we go into this new way, like we have to really start listening to what we want for our lives. We can't just depend on this paycheck job that I've been doing for 10 years. It's just we have to start listening and growing. We can't just stay still. Like you said earlier, like that's when we get in our heads. That's when we get depressed. That's when it starts downward spiraling. And I don't know, I think that's a bit of my mission too, is to kind of give people that courage or Mm -hmm. encouragement Mm -hmm. to do whatever the fuck you want. Oh, see, I've been like holding off on that word and I've wanted to say it like five times. <laughs> I just want to, it's that, you know, it's your podcast. Got to be respectful. Ah! <laughs> I appreciate that, but no, there's definitely swearing. And if anyone's yeah. tired this far, they're like ready to hear, do whatever the fuck lights you up. Oh, the energy doesn't lie. I, I promise you the energy doesn't lie. You have to listen to that. You know, and if you don't know, ask your friends what when you light up the most, cause they'll tell you, they, they can see it and they know it. And if you don't have friends who are able to answer that, then you need to like grow your circle because reach out to us, reach out to us. <laughs> I, I will tell you, you might not like what we tell you, but we'll tell you. We'll absolutely tell you. Enough, I, yeah. Oh, I, can I add to that? Cause there's so many things I want to add, but I just want to share something. I heard it again this morning. Um, it was David Goggins. If you haven't listened to his book, it's just on Audible because his now definitely need to know the F-bomb pretty much goes through the whole book. But it's just, I digress. He was on Lewis Howe's podcast and he was talking and he was saying that um, he went through a really, really bad bout of depression and anxiety. And this has been the year of it. Okay. We have, we're, I'm not discounting any of it, but I really want to share what he said and I'm paraphrasing, but he said that we feel those feelings of depression, anxiety, stuck, not sure what to do when we are not doing anything. He says that they come completely from inaction. And he goes, and I've been there. So I'm totally saying it's me too. He's not saying you, he's saying himself, but, and I thought about it. I thought, you know what? The times when I feel really stuck and I doubt myself and I question what I'm doing is when I'm literally sitting still thinking. (laughs) And when you're thinking, you're basing all of your decisions on your thoughts, which is based on your past experiences. It's not based on anything that's new or potential because you don't know. Right. You're, it's all based on your thoughts. 
that's a, that's like a recipe for doing nothing again. So I'm not saying mental health isn't real because it certainly is. And I, you know, I'm going to, I'm big advocate, going to do a whole series on this on my own podcast. Cause I believe, especially this year, um, boy, if there was ever a time that you need to stay tuned in to what lights you up, what makes you feel better, what self-care you need to be the best version of you. It's this year. It is this year more than anything because there's so much unknown. And I think that for a lot of people, 2020 is the slap in the face that they don't have control. They never had it. But 2020 is the year of like, see here, I'm dangling in your face over and over. You don't have control. And that is scary as hell for some people because they have believed or let themselves believe that they did have control and there isn't. It's whatever we're going to create. And I think, um, it's a tangent again, sorry, but I think that with this year being so out of control for a lot of people, both my husband and I were talking about this, that for years, our life was completely out of, I had no idea what was going to happen next. I didn't know it. Like I couldn't plan more than a day. I didn't know it was chaos all the time. So this year in the beginning, people were like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Can you believe this? And I'm like, it's not really a big deal. We'll figure this out. Like it's not the end of the world. And, you know, I mean, I turned 50, the beginning of COVID. And so people were like, oh, that's so terrible. Like you having your birthday during COVID. I'm like, I'm not getting what's terrible at all. It's okay. And see, it's what we do with it. It's like, it's, it's the, the definitions and the emphasis and the expectations that we put on things that make it that even harder for us to adjust when it doesn't go accordingly. So yeah, this year's completely been out of our control, just like every other year, you just didn't realize it. And it's real now. So now is a case of like, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want to do? What do you want to create? And truly listen to that. It's your opportunity. It's an opportunity to. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is the door, everyone. I'm like you. Like, I feel like we've been through the trenches years prior that I'm like, <laughs> I was prepared for this. This is fine. I- hundred percent. I'm with you. I was like, I did not join the hype of like, this is the, I don't be wrong. I know COVID's real. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but it's not like I had people who I actually said to people who were losing their minds, angry and stressed and yelling. And I'm like, did you lose your job? Are your kids healthy? Like, is your family healthy? Like, so what's changed in your life? And they're like, well, COVID's an inconvenience. I'm like, okay. So do you understand that when you're losing your shit over an inconvenience, like you need to get different things in priorities because inconveniences are going to happen all the time. I looked at it and went like my entire life changed in a, like overnight. It was like, okay, I guess I'm done work now. Same. Same. <laughs> I'm like, I'm banned from my job. Like I touch people for a living. <laughs> yeah, I can't. And it's like, and I still didn't have that attitude. Like I didn't have that attitude. It was like, okay, pivot. Now what? Yeah. Now what? Like the next day, now what are we going to do? Now what are we going to do? I don't have time to sit there and complain and bitch about like what's not working. I don't have time for that. And I just didn't even want to go there. And I think because we had the group, the support, the community that we have built for the last five, six years, we were able to do that easily or more yeah. easily than oh, yeah. someone who doesn't know 
what it feels like to have a support system behind them. I, I do feel for some people because I know in the beginning of COVID, it became a lot of isolation. Yeah. And um, for me, I was like on Zoom calls for 10 hours a day. I don't even know. Like I was like, I was nonstop Zoom calls, nonstop. And I was like in groups in the States and here, and I was doing coaching and I was learning and I was doing, like I was soaking it all in. So I was having contact with people. And I think sometimes I had to realize and remember that, okay, not everybody's having this. Like this is not something everybody's having. So I did have to stop and check myself and be respectful that, yes, this is definitely a big change for people. And that's what makes it hard is that whole isolation. I had somebody say like, how many Netflix series did you watch? I'm like, I haven't even turned on Netflix yet. Like I don't have time for that because I got to build a business. Like I have to build a business because I don't know if I'm going to get my job back. And that's actually in March, I was pretty sure I wasn't going to have this for a long time. I didn't know if I thought six months or longer, cause we're still not working, right. but I, but I knew it was an opportunity to do something else. And I was so grateful. We had very special groups during that time. I do have to say, we had oh really, we'll never touch on that again. They were very unique groups of women supporting each other online. So for people who didn't have that, yes, it was a big transformation time. I do respect that. And this is what I want to invite everyone who is listening to go and find your people. Oh, please, please do. They're there. They are there. Yeah. Don't be afraid to send someone a message because you liked their post or can resonate with the story that they're sharing because you never know where it's going to lead you and how it's going to support you later on. No, you have absolutely no idea. I just got a message. I've gotten in the last couple of days has been very strange. Um, not strange. It's just like, wow, this is interesting. These people are kind of coming out of nowhere. (laughs) And I just got a message from someone that I didn't know. And I, it's been two days of, um, I've received two in two days and it was like your book, um, was amazing. I was able to relate and it spoke to me. I read it in one sitting. I couldn't put it down. It fed my soul. Thank you so much for sharing your story. You've given me hope. Okay. Total stranger. So you want to know now that there's a whole page of conversation happening between her and I, and I give her credit for sending that out and for being real about herself and her message. So I'm telling you right now, I promise you, if you can't see it, just, just soak in these words for a second. Beautiful people are everywhere. They are everywhere. There are people who are willing and waiting for somebody like you to show up so that they can support you on your journey. And you can, they are literally everywhere. You will not find them if you're sitting back, staying small, waiting, because they can't see you. They can't, they're actually looking for you, but they can't see you because you're not showing up. So that doesn't mean you have to write a book. It doesn't mean you have to like do like crazy posts online. I'm just saying, reach out into groups, reach out to people and start to find ways to find your people. Because I cannot imagine my life now without you, without the women in this group, without the people that I've met. I can't imagine. I actually, it scares me to think of, because I can tell you right now, I wouldn't be where I am now. I didn't get here on my own. Like not at all. I didn't get, there's no self-made. There's no, yes, I did the work but I did not get here on my own. I got here because of the collective support of incredible women who really became the ear to 
pushed me along when I didn't know what to do next. So I am just, I'm so grateful for that. And I want you to borrow an ounce of that belief that your people are out there too. I promise you they are. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.